Recently, the Long Island African American Chambers of Commerce launched a campaign to retool, refocus, and rebuild Black business in New York State. African Americans must begin to plan and innovate now in an era of uncertainty for African American businesses due to the current crisis we are facing in this nation. If ever there was a time that we should pull our dollars and circulate them in our business network, now is the time. As New York State's largest African American Chamber of Commerce, the Long Island African American Chamber has raised the bar for what it means to be a Black Chamber in New York State. And with an eye on recovery, joining me today is Phil Andrews, President of the Long Island African American Chamber of Commerce. Phil Andrews is up next. Welcome to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast, the place to be if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, or business leader wanting to take your business from good to great. Tune in as we speak with amazing thought leaders, CEOs, and business trailblazers about their journey, challenges, and successes. Here's your host and business innovation expert, Lynn Nicole. Hello, Mr. Phil Andrews. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you uh, for having me on the show today. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about, first, the man, Phil Andrews, um, a little bit about yourself before we jump into when you became president of the Long Island African American Chamber of Commerce? In my early 20s, I uh, started a franchise of barbershops, developed 10 stores, a franchise called a haircut hut barbershop franchise and shortly after that I became engaged uh, with the 100 black men of Long Island as a member and for some over 20 years I ascended to the presidency of the 100 black men of Long Island and served as a two-term president president the 100 black men is one of the most influential men organizations in the country and the power base of black America but much like President Obama I was term limited so uh, when I, my term was up they, they got a, I got a call and they said, we'd like you to be a president of the Long Island African American Chamber of Commerce. And I took that uh, position in 2013. And since then, we've become the largest African American Chamber of Commerce in New York State. And in 2019, I was awarded one of the most prestigious awards in the country for helping small businesses, which was the uh, New York District Office 2019 small business champion for 14 counties in downstate New York. Wow. You are like a busy man. I have to say that. (laughs) So what made you decide to take the position as uh, the president of the chamber? Well, one of the things I always uh, was involved with was economic empowerment. I believe that the community could come together and build businesses. We could trade. And with all of my years of leverage in the community, uh, being uh, tied to the government, different agencies, I thought I could bring the community together in a way that has never been before. And currently, right now, I sit on the Comptroller's Committee. Uh, you know, the Comptroller is the one who writes the check for the county. 
Mm-hmm. So I sit on this NWBE committee. Also, I sat on the governor's county of Nassau to open up the county back up during this COVID crisis. So, and we also, um, we engaged in the census committee of getting our community to come out. So we want to um, be that go-to organization. One of the things about, I like about the Chamber of Commerce is the Chamber of Commerce is one of the most well-known and influential organizations in the country, and it's one of the oldest organizations in the country. In fact, when most people move into a new neighborhood, the first place they call is the local Chamber of Commerce because they know the Chamber of Commerce is in the the know. Now, you did state that it is the largest Chamber of Commerce in the states now. How many members does the Long Island Chamber of Commerce currently have right now? Well, we're pressing about 400 members. And, you know, it's hard to get people to uh, join things today, you know, because you got like hundreds and hundreds of organizations. You got the fraternities, you got church organizations, you got civic. So we have more organizations probably than we ever had in the history. But in particular, business, especially breed, as you know, you're a business person. Mm-hmm. Business people drive things, they innovate, they make things happen. And they also are very versed in the art of taking nothing and making it something. Mm-hmm. So what are your methods and goals for increasing your membership in uh, 2020, 2021? Well, one of the goals uh, we would like to see, we would definitely want to go over the 500 mark, which I think we will. More than, more than the number, we want to see success, you know, because if as a chamber of commerce, to be truly successful, we should have businesses that's prospering. But what helps businesses in the chamber, if you have a strong chamber of commerce, the businesses will get the resources, the technical assistance, the access to capital. And the network in itself is so valuable because if you had to go somewhere every month to meet people, we usually have about 80 people at every meeting. So that alone provides an environment where people get to know, like, and trust each other, thereby create more trade. And you see, I'm also in my prior position, I also was a master networker. So I've already connected you with a couple of people, which I don't know if you figured that out. Mm -hmm. That mastery mastery of networking is one of my core skills. You, like, have a master class on that? If not, you should have one. Well, I haven't... you know, I have been teaching it for some 20 years, but sometimes, you know, you get involved in something else. Mm-hmm. It takes your time away from that. I had started a company called Power Networking Business Seminar Series. And the reason why we called it Power Networking Business, Business Seminar Series, I believe it was not enough to bring people together and exchange cards without training and development. Mm, okay, okay. see as the chamber's biggest challenge since taking the reins of the organization and what are you doing to overcome that challenge? Well, one of the things is a lot of people in business are very busy and then they don't show up. And um, you probably heard the old saying that 90% of your success is showing up. So I think, I think we have to make time to network. We have to make time for uh, training and development. 
And because if there's an old saying, if all of your friends are smarter than you, you need to get some new friends. So we have to we, we have to mix we have to mix some people that's making fifty thousand a year with some people that's making quarter of a million so we can kinda like use their wisdom and their guidance to bring more people businesses up in our community. Well, what do you feel were the chamber's greatest successes of two thousand nineteen? And how do you plan to leverage those successes going forward? Well, one of the things in this crisis, we particularly, we were able to help businesses get access to capital. We worked with the Small Business Administration and other private companies that helped them get PPP loans and emergency disaster loans. But one of the things that the takeaways that we have come from this crisis is that we need to be prepared before the crisis. And the second thing that we have is that we fully embrace the digital new digital era that we in, but we do not want to just say we're never going back to physical meetings, but because technology was always never meant to not touch people. You need high touch and high tech to continue to succeed in America. Okay. Well, I understand that the chamber has just recently launched a campaign to rebuild Black businesses in New York. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that for the listeners? Well, one of the things that we're doing is uh, retool, rebuild, and refocus. You know, uh, we've been bringing in a lot of training, uh, whether that's human resource training, how to put your cash flow on the, you know, you got to, we, most of us in business is not accountants. So we need to learn things like, all right, when the money comes in, what do we put it on the paper mm-hmm. when it goes out with how much assets we have? So we want to teach them the core things. Uh, many people have got into business because they knew how to bake or cook sell something, but they never took a business course. And one of the first things that I usually ask every every person that comes into the chamber, have you ever had any business training? We push business training. Are those like in series? They're just classes that you have? There is a combination. Sometimes there's meetings and some universities like Posture University have a, a entrepreneurial system program. It's like a 10-week course, a mini MBA well, you know, small businesses sometimes don't have the time to go to college to get the masters in, in business administration, but there could be a basic class to talk about marketing, social media, cash flow analysis, customer system, uh, communication systems. So there are resources. Um, our taxes pay for a lot of things that the uh, small business administration provides, and they have SBD, small business development centers, all across America and college campuses. See, the theory is that when businesses make money, the government benefits because they eventually pay taxes. So the government is set up to support you in your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely some hard times right now. What are some of your top priorities internally for the chamber and the issues that you are advocating on right now? One of the things that we do at the chamber, and we do it very well, is we believe that Chamber of Commerce could serve as a marketing function for our business. And as you know, marketing create finance. So businesses that come under our umbrella right now, even when we have a digital, people are not coming together for a physical meeting. But if we got 100 people on and everybody able to say what service they are, be able to batch some services. So we want to be a marketing function because a lot of times people have good things but they just don't have enough marketing to get the finance going. Because marketing do create finance. If you tell another people, enough people about your service and somebody comes and pay, then that marketing paid off. So we believe that the chamber, we have to be an example of uh, 
what businesses should do as an organization. How important is it for small business owners to be a part of the Chamber of Commerce? Because not a lot of them know that they should join and that resource is there. Well, this is very important. What we did was we put out some news. So we had put news out, why join the Chamber? Because uh, one of the things about a Chamber is, hey, it gives you credibility. You know, I belong to the Chamber, right? But it doesn't give you uh, the ability to say, you know what, I'm going to give bad service because the Chamber of Commerce, we monitor complaints very much like the Better Business Bureau. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. We word of mouth and you get you get word of mouth. We take you out the network. So we got to have <laughs> we have standards. We have standards in our business, in our organization, in our community. I think that's good to have. I mean, that makes your credibility even better. Because you have high expectations that those need to follow. And often I get that call and say, how's this business? <laughs> Is they reliable? You know, because they, um, and, and, and people um, give you an example how big this is, Chamber of Commerce. We've had people from other states that mothers lived in this state and they needed a roofer and they called the Chamber of Commerce because they trusted the Chamber of Commerce. And I was able to send somebody to do their mother's roof in this state and they was out of state. Wow, that's huge. Oh, yes, it's huge. And that happened on more than one occasion. Wow. And you don't see a lot of that. It's not like a lot of people are calling other places to find out, can you find can you find someone to do this for me in my home? You know, that's huge. Wow. Okay. I like that. Yes, it's feel. huge. And, and uh, like <laughs> you said, that's the network we're talking about. It really is working. Uh, we see the benefit of it. And once people see the benefit of something, they really come on board, you know. Mm-hmm. An interesting fact is that the National Business League that was established during Booker T. Washington was established prior to any other U.S. chamber in the country, but yet our businesses is not further ahead in other other communities. So a chamber of commerce is very important. I, I see. Honestly, I had no clue how just important it is to be a part of the Chamber of Commerce as a business owner or entrepreneur, even as just an individual, because is it safe to assume that as an individual, you can still join the Chamber of Commerce or do you have to be a business owner? Well, we don't lock anybody out, but we would wish that everybody have a business because we are a membership-based organization set up to serve businesses. But we do encourage people that have ideas that want to join the chamber because we may do the ABCs of starting your own business. So Mm -hmm. we also recognize those are future members down the line. And my theory also is that no company, no matter how big or how tall, it had to start somewhere. So we cannot lock out people because people, a lot of times people go into a business based on their skill set and their mindset. Mm -hmm. So they might already have a skill, but they never now just think about how can I use my ability to open up a business. So we welcome them. Of course, we want them to go and get the DBA because, you know, if you don't have the DBA, this may happen to you. Mm-hmm. Somebody may write the check to your business name that you're putting out there and you, don't, you can't put it in the bank. Mm. I don't think that's a good idea. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. And not fun at all. Somebody else has your money. That's, that's not true. a good thing. You won't be able to cash it because the bank can't take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Phil, what is one of the benefits the chamber offers that you feel members don't utilize enough? Well, I think one of the things they need to do is we have this network in between the business meetings. 
reach out to the other Chamber of Commerce members. You, you're in a network, use the resources. A lot of times we give information, but they may need ongoing counseling. So right now I got businesses calling me saying I can't, I need money. So every week I'm looking for some money, some new program. So they really now under this crisis see the value of the chamber because some have walked away with money and they didn't, they, they originally, they didn't want to take the money or apply for it, but through the chamber's encouragement, bringing the resources, they was able to apply and get the loan. So I think the chamber of commerce is critical to business support. And some of these businesses also just started, you know, joining before the, right around the crisis. Mm-hmm. So you can remember the crisis they in. So there are money. I'm getting emails every day from different organizations and I'm sending it out to the members. And then yesterday, my member said, oh, I was able to qualify. I submitted my application to get some grant funding to help me through this crisis. So they sometimes don't know uh, what they're missing. But our job as a chamber of commerce is to provide value. We, we don't hard sell anyone. We don't push anyone to, you know, join. Hey, hey, look, this is our work. This is what we do. And we put it out there and, hey, it's not for everybody, but people that are serious about their business. If you were serious about your business and something to help you, you go, you go to that resource. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're serious and you really need help. You know, that's what you're there for. You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, my name is Kenan. Check out my new book, Impressive Coils, A Story About Me. It's a book for the girls with tight curls. Come with me on a journey into knowledge, self-discovery, history, self-awareness, and confidence. Available right now on Amazon, Walmart, and Barnes & Noble. Get your copy today, and I'm sure you will not be disappointed. I'm Sherry Williams-Franklin, and I'm the founder of Life Snapshot, and you are tuned in to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast with the amazing Lynn Nicole. So like, comment, review, and subscribe so you're notified when the next episode goes live. And now, back to Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast with Lynn Nicole. Now, with this current climate, obviously, going on in the country, COVID, how has COVID-19 affected small business owners in the chamber? Well, it's definitely um, have kept some businesses closed, but some businesses are also innovating. They're now incorporating virtual meetings. You know, it, it could be an author that's now that couldn't get to a physical book sign and it's doing a virtual book sign. Uh, there's also um, some software out there that you can have virtual conferences in different rooms through. So I think actually it's an opportunity for growth. We've found that some people, uh, you know, might want to order online or more. So some businesses have went on virtually online and they have seen an increase in their business during this uh, pandemic. So I think it's all about innovation. And I, I also have a theory that business is always cycling. 
even in good times, your business goes up and down. What do, what are you doing today to direct your business? Right? Business drive, that's what businesses do. They drive business, business owners. So I think we're innovators or creative. I think we're problem solvers. That's the nature of being a business person. Well, let's talk a little bit about the overall recovery beyond individual businesses. So what kinds of things might businesses be looking at as they begin to recover and adapt? For instance, like what are you doing at your offices right now? Well, we would definitely take the precautions to, um, you know, take people's temperature, you know, social distance. Also, we looking at it too is, you know, we may err on the side of caution to, I'd rather to see people healthy than me to try to go bring people together every week on a physical level. So we have to exercise some patience, but you can still talk to your customers, right? Mm -hmm. You can still mail people. You can still call your customers. You can still have a Zoom with your customers. So I think we should integrate technology, even things like sending automated phone messages. You don't, just because people are not coming out as much don't mean you can't keep in contact with your customer. We have millions of ways to keep in contact with our customers today. And you definitely need to because that's what's keeping you afloat, your customers. That's, that's true. And you gotta find and you gotta find some new ones sometimes too, because some old ones exactly some old ones move away, they do things, right? Different mm-hmm. things. They yep. change businesses. So that's part of businesses. The whole purpose of a business is to create and keep customers. And the primary customers, one scholar called it, he said. The first question of every business is asking, who is my customer? And a lot of times, honestly, a lot of businesses don't really know how to figure out who their actual target customer is. That's very true. But I think with some type of surveying, you must know, or every business must know its value proposition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may think you're selling the reason why somebody is buying because the way things look. You got uh, businesses like Bad Bath Beyond, people come in because of the aroma, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to know the fundamentals of why someone is coming in your business. A business, that's the business owner's job is to not to do what they want to do. Because one of my mentors always used to say, selling is a one-way game. It doesn't happen in your mind. It happens in the mind of the consumer. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, how do you see this all playing out with everything going on within the next, I don't know, months? Because I see it happen, staying here for a minute, being where we're at right now in this current climate. I think this country is tremendously resiliency. I think America is going to bounce back. I think people are going to go back. I think there's, there's some businesses even being created right now. There's an old saying, in crisis, there's opportunity. There's the opportunity. One business may do bad in this climate. Another business has found the market. They hit a market they never hit before in this climate. Mm-hmm. So it really has to do with our perspective. And sometimes we have to innovate business. Maybe it's something that we could do different. Maybe it's something that we could add on to our business. Maybe like McDonald's. They, yeah, they sell food, but they found a way to sell it faster than anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can get in there and get your burgers. And ain't too many restaurants can compete with how they can serve people. Mm-hmm. So we just have to find our value proposition. Well, what what needs to happen for there to be more Black-owned businesses and African-Americans in the top executive positions? Well, one of the things that we advocate for is diversity. I don't know if you've seen online, but I did put out nationally. The Chamber Executive uh, encourages corporations to support 
diversity. And this is probably one of the best climates in America for diversity for Black America. There's been more appointments from the current climate than I've ever seen. And also major corporations are reaching out to give to our community in, in ways that uh, we may never see again after this, this current time period. I believe that's true, too, because it's kind of huge what's going on right now. I feel like everybody's navigating to help Black business owners as much as they can and so forth with everything going on. What advice would you have for an aspiring Black entrepreneur or small business owner right now? Well, I would say get a mentor and also never stop learning. Business cannot become more than what you are. So the more you develop yourself as a human being, the more you can develop your business because you're going to reach a ceiling from your ability, uh, your self-imposed limit if you don't keep expanding your knowledge. Us entrepreneurs spend many times studying about leadership, studying about uh, people, because sometimes in your, in your business, you're, you're a leader. you got to know how to talk to people. You know how to talk to the customer, customer satisfaction. Um, I had a beauty salon. I used to hang up the customer's coat. And I was the owner. You know, I used to give them brunch on a Sunday. So we got to know like the value, how to add value to people. Why should somebody come to your business? Because there could be 10 businesses doing the same exact thing. And one of them is packed and one of them is not. Because business is the result of doing things in a certain way. And that's the businesses that succeed. Gosh, I needed to go to your beauty salon if you were serving brunch, Phil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't love to eat. Wait. That's true. (laughs) It did very well, you know, and and, um, the name of your business. What does your business stand for? The name of the business was in Vogue One, Quality Plus Service Beauty beauty Salon. You know, because when you do Quality Plus Service, I don't think there's any doubt that you wouldn't get the money by standing behind a business that's providing that. Wow. Well, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I would have known you then because I probably would have been there. Oh, yeah. We would have took care of you. We would have took care of you. (laughs) For sure. programs that your Chamber of Commerce has done over the last couple of years? Uh, one of the things that we did uh, a couple of years ago, we did an African-American Business Expo. And we also, out of that expo, not only did we bring people from around the country to a local college to have an expo, but instead of spending all the money, we put half of the money back into endowment at the college. So we invest in our institutions and our community. Um, That's what makes our chamber unique, too, is that we give. We also did a a regional chamber development, leadership chamber development, where we brought people from the Muslim community, the Christian community, other ministers talk about Muslim banking. We learned some things that we didn't know. Because we also, when we talk about success, we, we can't do it in a vacuum. We do live in a society. You know, I would think that if I had a business on Main Street and it was African American owned, my idea was to get everybody to come to the business, mm-hmm. like a McDonald's mainstream. I want, I'm not turning around, no greenbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we want to be. If you, I believe, if you give great service, people will come and it will transcend your own ethnic group, even though it may have started with African American. 
But quality is a virtue and it has that type of pull on people. Yeah, because people do know. The thing I feel within the Black community, we we definitely have trust issues. And I'm real big on trust. I say it all the time because we can go to a a Black-owned business and if they do something wrong, we're quick sometimes to just be like, I'll never go there again. And then we go to the other counterpart and they can do wrong all the time, Phil, and we will still continue to go back to them regardless. But if they are black owned, it's like we get that stain of I'm never going back ever. You can't deal with black owned business. How do we get rid of that stigma? We, we talk about that. I mean, I often talk about that when I hear that. I tell them, hey, we don't talk that language around here. If mm-hmm. anything, go go talk, go talk to the business. Mm-hmm. Let them know. Give them give them the benefit of the doubt that they had bad service. And sometimes, also the owner sometimes may not be on premise. But as a smart business owner, when I had my franchise, I had a customer intake you know form. You know, where I said, "How did you like it? Was the place clean? Uh, did the hours? You know, you gotta the customers will tell you what they want." Mm-hmm. And you can survey them because once again, the customer, you can do everything you want in your business, but you never checked in on the customer. You're still doing the wrong thing. Because you never know because their needs can change at any time. And you got to ask, you got to know your customer. You got to, you got to engage the customer. That's how you're going to be able to serve the customers. Like it's just no different if you go into the store every time and they see certain items selling, selling, selling. A smart business owner is going to take note of that. And as once I read a story about a business, you know, a business to succeed is going to have what you need. Like if you go, you go to get muffins today and you can't get the muffins tomorrow or soda, right, that you buy, you're not going to go back to that business. Mm-hmm. They're not adequately stocking the business. Whether you go to a restaurant, right, they should know an average of how much they're selling over the month and over the year, right, and have a little access to meet the demand. Exactly. Because the worst thing is somebody coming into your business and you can't supply the need that they have. Oh, yes, that's not a good thing. It doesn't look good for you as a business owner. Your customers then are spreading that rumor that you don't want to go there. And that's not what you want. And there's people out there that can help you. That's one of the things that we say is technical assistance. You can get training in customer service. You know, you can get training in management. You, I mean, they got so much training. You could train yourself reading books to be a better person and to be a better manager of your business. There's so many ways to get up. You can watch videos on on great leaders and how they handle people and their attitudes. It's all type of. We got information at our fingertips today. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I mean, Google is there. YouTube is there. Wait, we used, <laughs> we used to have to, we used to have to go. We used to have to go to the library every minute. Yes, and then now it's, you you gotta fight someone just to go. Because they feel they don't need to go. It's ridiculous. The library is Mm -hmm. a wealth of information still. It's Mm -hmm. still a wealth of information. You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Have you heard about the new Black Business Directory? Welcome to Click Urban. Here, you can find hundreds of businesses owned by us. Whatever business professional you're looking for, they're right here. And the best part is, 
Membership is absolutely free. Just go to www.theclickurban.com, sign up for a free account, create your free listing, and boom, you're done. Begin surfing the largest black business directory online and be seen by hundreds of customers and clients all in one place. Get exposure on all of the major search engines, including Google. Our innovative platform includes search engine optimization that will make your listing easy to find. This is the hottest new business directory created for us by us. Join today. Go to www.theclickurban.com. Hi, this is Tanya Morris. I'm excited to introduce to you a book that I have, Before You Say I Do to Entrepreneurship. This is my pride. I've been looking to do this book for a while. Um, what you need to know before you transition from your 9 to 5 job, you can get this book on Amazon, um, on my website, Transition-Enterprises. This book will show you steps that you need to take before you say I do. I hope you consider this book. I'm excited for you. Let's go. And now, back to Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast with Lynn Nicole. Tell me your thoughts on corporate diversity in America. I believe that we still have a long way to go because for America to be truly great, it needs to diversify at the highest levels. And also, too, it's a benefit to the corporations when they see that we in that highest level, we support our consumer dollars. So I think diversity, it, it needs to happen at all levels in America, across society. I'm seeing a wide, the widest conversation of my lifetime around diversity. So I think over the last couple of months with the Black Lives Matter, there's been some phenomenal appointments and first all over America. But one of the things I'm also looking at is not just diversity in America. What can we do for ourselves as a community mm -hmm. to empower our businesses, to become uh, better organizations, to make more millionaires? Because we got the money. that We spent a lot of money. So one of the ways we need to do that is support the existing businesses that we already have up and going. How would you suggest that they do support those businesses? Well, one of the things, like, you have a directory. Hey, go to the directory, you know. Mm -hmm. Go to the directory you have. Go to your local chamber of commerce, right? Exercise some discipline in your community. Because at one time, you know about Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. it, it said that we was thriving, but we had no choice, and we couldn't go outside of our community. Mm -hmm. So we need to bring that same attitude to the digital marketplace, to our community. I'll give you an example of how important it is. If, if you live in a downtown, you know, we live in downtowns all across America. Mm -hmm. And if we do not own all the stores downtown across America where we live, we essentially power empowering another community when we spend our dollars. Mm, yes. We can change that. We can change that. Yeah, it's just getting that buy-in though, Phil. It's the buy-in that you got to get to change that. But I think with the current climate, as I stated earlier, and what you have been saying, I think everybody is now more open to receive it than what they have been before. And we have the network. I mean, we are growing network. We have to have a growing network because one of the things at the chamber, you know, there's so many businesses that we're not in. Mm -hmm. But as the, uh, the chamber of commerce expands, now it got somebody that's a car dealer. 
they got a mechanic in there. We got to get them into this network, get them into your directory mm-hmm. so we could trade. If they're not there, how can you identify them? Years ago, exactly. we could identify everybody because we lived in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the neighbor, we don't live like we used to live either. We got fam- you got probably got relatives all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. When they came to north of certain places, they usually lived in the same area for a while. Yes. But we move a lot today, and um, it's because we need to build community. We need to really look at building where we live as a community, meaning owning everything, owning the banks, owning the buildings, owning the real estate, owning the stores having lawyers in, in the community, having doctors with doctor's offices mm-hmm. in the community. So it's going to take some planning, but, you know, block, block, you take one block, right? Get another block. Identify mm-hmm. one block and say, you know, over 10 years, we're going to buy this block. Mm-hmm. And, and that block will become a community. And it's getting that information out there because a lot of times it's real hard to find Black-owned businesses. And, I, I, and now I'm not stating... Like if you can go to Chamber of Commerce, obviously, African-American Chamber of Commerce, you know that you're dealing with black owned businesses. But for the normal individual, the individuals out there looking who are not using the Chamber of Commerce as such, if they were to just go on to Google and type black owned businesses, you will not a whole list of them will come up. And some that are listed are usually it's an Asian shop or it's not really in relation to it being a black owned business. So it's getting the business owners to get out there on the internet, their branding and so forth. Like for me in click urban, the directory, a lot of times I find I have to reach back out to the business owner to say, Hey, I need you to put your logo on there because you are a business. It's important to have a logo. You got to have your business plan. You got to have a logo. You have to do all these things to brand yourself because no one is just going to sit there because you have a selfie shot of yourself on there saying, hey, I have this business. Wow, you very much like the chamber. You into training and development. <laughs> <laughs> very good. We appreciate well, I, I, We appreciate. I want, I want them to succeed. That's the whole idea about it. And I, I want them to succeed. But After, like, reaching out 15 times, I mean, I can only do so much. You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Counselor, advisor, committed to your business. That's how business attorney Shabon J. Smith describes herself. But more than that, attorney Smith and her expert legal team want you to achieve the business of your dreams. And to help turn your dreams into reality, attorney Smith has written an eye-opening book entitled The Small Business Owner's Guide to Hiring an Attorney. Download your free copy today. That's right. Go online now and download your free copy of The Small Business Owner's Guide to Hiring an Attorney. Just go to the sjslawfirm.com that's the sjslawfirm.com and now back to just minding my black owned business podcast with Lynn Nicole Well, well, one of the things is we have to be an example. Uh, there's a new model. We have to be a new model of development. 
And uh, somewhere a change have to start. Like the Chamber of Commerce, actually, uh, we are part of 153 chambers across the nation, uh, United States Black Chamber of Commerce in Washington. We are affiliate members, so we come together nationally in a conference. So we're having these conversations in states around the country. So it's going to change. We are we are making a change. And every time you spend your dollar, you are making a difference when you use your power wisely. Exactly. You're listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast. We'll be right back after this break. And now, back to Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast with Lynn Nicole. So tell me, Phil, what are some of your plans for the future of the chamber due to the current climate? Well, one of our plans is to keep on working on capacity building, meaning that a lot of our businesses suffer from access, not having enough capital. And that's what happened. If you was well capitalized, you could get through this problem. Mm-hmm. Technical advice. You, maybe you didn't have the banker handy. Uh, you didn't have a CPA. You didn't have a lawyer because they work with your lease with the negotiating uh, and paying your rent. So we're trying to get our community to be involved in education and training and business development year round. So when the crisis come in the future, they're already prepared how to handle many things in their business. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, can you walk us through what the process and the best way to connect with the chamber for those business owners and entrepreneurs interested in looking into joining your chamber? What do they need to do? Well, best thing to do is you can visit us at Long Island African American Chamber at www.liaacc.org. You can also put New York State largest African American Chamber of Commerce. We own that language, thanks to Google. And um, that's very important positioning. And also, you know, if you're in the New York metropolitan area, just put a local chamber, African American Chamber near me. Uh, we are on all social media. Uh, and it's not that difficult. Oh, no, it's not that difficult. We we come up in quite a few searches. We get a lot of traffic. We engaged in uh, social media on LinkedIn. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So we believe that this message of putting out there all over the country is going to inspire some people. Not only that. Think about a young person being able to look at the work that we're doing mm-hmm. and look at some of the businesses. That that in itself can be inspirational to future generations just seeing what we are doing today. And we and we do have a membership for uh, young people too. We have a 30 and under, you know, often young people join the chamber. They may not, they may be just getting off the ground and we want them to come on in so we can mentor them for many years to come because those are also our future business owners. Oh, that's some that's some definite real talk right there because it's good for our youth to see us doing what we need to do to make our businesses grow and so forth so that they know what to do. Be those role models, in short. We often get young people, you know, sometimes some of our members bring their children to the chamber. They could be like 10 years old. We let them stand up and tell us what their name is and who they are as the businesses are introducing themselves. We, um, you know, because that's always a challenge for some people. They may be a little shy when they got to announce themselves or say their business. So, but when they get into that, that's a uh, indelible impression by bringing young people and to see that they got all of these African-American businesses in one room. That's so awesome. I, I mean, 
I bow down to you, sir. That is awesome. Thank you. You're doing big things. So what is your overall message to businesses in the New York state or in any state for that matter? Well, my, my message is um, hang in there. You know, you have to have a long view. You know, have a short view of business because businesses always go through challenges. And that's what an idea, you know, sometimes you could be like a thousand dollars behind on your rent in a business. And then you go out there, work, innovate, and you make 5,000. That's what business is about. The story of business is keep telling your story, keep working your story, keep telling your story, and your story grows and grows and grows. That's the story of businesses. All companies tell their stories, but it depends on what you do. You know, you have direct influence. Uh, I once read that says, when you come into your business, a person's business, you should be, there should be no place in the world like your business. Mm -hmm. That's your space that you have to impact the customer to show the world that you, you deliver in value where they can't find somewhere else in the world. Well stated. Well stated. it. Well, lastly, and I ask everyone this question, Phil, what does just minding my black owned business mean to you? Well, minding my own black owned business means paying attention to your business, putting your nose to the ground in your own business. Because sometimes we could be worrying about what's on a soap opera instead of minding our <laughs> business. And you got to mind your business because what gets paid attention to it's just like goals. We get set, we get measured, and we get focused on is done and achieved. So we have to mind our own business by mining, meaning really pay attention to your business and be meticulous. You know, pay attention to detail in your business. Pay attention to the customer. Focus. Find ways to innovate. If you can't do it faster, do it better. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Wow, Phil, it has been such an honor to speak with you because I know you are a busy, busy and most definitely popular individual. So I just want to say thank you again for coming on. I am just truly honored to have uh, been able to speak with you today. And thank you for the opportunity. Most definitely. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Just Minding My Black-Owned Business podcast. Now airing twice a week on Tuesdays, at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all national platforms, as well as on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Cali.fm. Interested in becoming a guest or a sponsor on the show? Contact me directly on our website at www.jmmbobpodcast.com. And as always, please share, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you do use. I really appreciate your feedback and support. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. See you next episode. You've been listening to the Just Minding My Black-Owned Business with Lynn Nicole podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like more information on any of our stories or would like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at theclickurban.com to contact us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next episode.